Our first message this afternoon is for Mr. Art Williams. It is entitled Cats 2. Cats, those purring little creatures, warm and lovable, zooming around the house, doing things that are unexpected and sometimes not practical. But CATS, in this occasion, is an acronym, and I intentionally didn't grammatically do it correctly. CATS, acronym, C for confidence, A for acceptance, T for truth, and S for service. Last time I spoke, we went through confidence, and that's the only one we went through. There was so much material on it. Today we're going to cover the rest of them, acceptance, truth, and service. <clears throat> acceptance, accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, accepting his teachings, accepting his ways, accepting his values, and accepting his priorities. It all requires study. It all requires identifying truth from fiction and the application of his teachings and values in the terms of service. It's pretty special to understand the truth of, of God. In John 6, verses 45, 44 and 45, it says, No one can come to me, Jesus speaking here, no one can come to me unless... The Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that has heard and has learned of the Father comes unto me. Those are the initial steps that we take becoming a Christian. And they can be integrated in with the parable of the sower. <clears throat> Speaking of just the good ground, in Matthew 13, verses 8 and 9, speaking of the seeds that are, have fallen on good ground, he says, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. That's referring to our spiritual growth. And that relates to our reward and what we will be doing eternally in the millennium and thereafter. In verse 9 he continues, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But there's more about acceptance as I alluded to, we can accept truth or we can accept error. <clears throat> there was a TV show years ago, right at the beginning of the show, it said, Truth and Justice and the American Way. I'm not so sure of the truth and justice and the American way anymore. I 
had a girlfriend a number of years ago when I was on the younger side. And one evening after typical Saturday night dinner and talking and all, it was getting late. I used to like to go to cemeteries because I liked history and I liked to particularly go to uh, small towns who had small community cemeteries. I kind of like to see how old the oldest headstone was. You go up into some of the New England towns up there and you see a, a headstone dated 1735 and you look around the, the territory and say, how did they ever live up here then? And so I said to her, why, 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 tomorrow why don't we get brunch, because this is Saturday night, around 11.30, quarter 12. Why don't we get brunch tomorrow, and then we we'll go out and look up some cemeteries and see what we And to my shocking surprise, I mean, she always was a little strange. I mean, there were, there were those times when, you know, maybe a little tilted here or there, you know. But to my surprise, she says, no, let's go now, as she grabs a flashlight, and it's midnight. Now, I don't know if you've ever been, a, how many of you have been cemetery creepers? How many of you have gone out? There's a couple out here. Okay, I didn't think you'd admit it. <laughs> it could be a dangerous place to be because they dig the, the hole for the grave that, that's, that's going to happen the next day, the funeral. They dig the hole the night before, the day before. So you got to watch where you're walking because you fall in one of those things, you'd have a very grave situation. But we never did find a headstone labeled truth and justice in the American way. I wouldn't surprise that it shouldn't be there. And the truth is found in the teachings of Jesus and not what someone tells us. In John 18, 38, Pilate said to Jesus, I don't think I gave you that one, Brian. Uh, Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? And you certainly could ask that question today. What is truth? But Jesus had already told his disciples in John 17, 17, God's word is truth. He didn't tell Pilate that, though. And in John 4, 24, we get the instruction, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And now is tis the season, isn't it? Tis the season. How many, today is December 22nd. Tonight we're having a lock-in. Two nights from today is the 24th. How many are you, of you are planning to stay up tonight on the 24th and look for a man in a red and white suit in a sleigh pulled by reindeer to land on your roof? Anybody? Nobody's going to stand up and look. Oh, okay, another question then. How many of you have already seen him on your roof when you slay in the rain? Well, if we make it a judgment then, based upon the lyrics of the song, you know the song, making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. I guess we now know who the naughty ones are, don't we? But it's all not truth. And it does, does not go to the spiritual worship of him. In 2 Thessalonians 2.13, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, this is Paul, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Not in 
fantasies. First Timothy 2.4, speaking again of truth. Who desires all men to be saved. All men. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. He desires that. But it requires men also to be willing to go in that direction. And he continues speaking of truth in, in 1 Timothy 2.7, and then we're going to go on to 3.15. For which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. Again, it's, this is Paul. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. And I recently saw a marquee in front of a church, and it says, Happy Birthday, Jesus. And I haven't decided if I'm going to. I probably won't. But I was highly motivated to go to that church Sunday morning and afterwards introduce myself to the pastor and say, you know, we'd really like to get to know you better. We're planning to have a birthday party for, birthday party for you on January 3rd. To which I assume he would say, well, January 3rd is not my birthday. I said neither, and I would say, neither is December 25th Jesus. So if you care that much about your own birthday, why don't you care that much about his? Whether I'm going to do that or not still remains to be seen. I got one more day to make up my mind. <laughs> but First Timothy six five. Useless wranglings of men of corrupt mind, destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Godliness is a means of gain. Did you know that the Thanksgiving Day Macy's Parade, in its origins, was founded and started by the department store Macy's? And every person in that parade was a Macy's employee, and it was nothing more than a big advertisement for Macy's department store. And preceding the gift-giving of Christmas, and thereby increasing their sales. Godliness that is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourselves. Second Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Continuing in verse 25. In humility correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. And he criticizes them a little bit in th continuing in Timothy 3, 7. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The level of knowledge that we have in our society today, the worship of technology as it goes into artificial intelligence, which really isn't new. It's been around since the day of pilot. <clears throat> Depends how you define the word of artificial intelligence. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. So much of it today. Not so much the Jewish fables, but the commandments of men. Christian churches that, don't, that 
claim the name of Christ and don't even believe in Christ. Continuing in Titus 1, verses 15 and 16. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works, in works, they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. You know, they say it's tis the season, but there is no season in doing good. There is no season just on some one certain day or time period during the year to help one person. You take them and give them a meal for the day, and then you send them back on the street. It's a real accomplishment. But there's more than truth. More than truth. And that is, there's service the S in our acronym, taking actions on the teachings that we receive from Jesus. And there are many of them, and I only went primarily to the Sermon on the Mount. And I kind of did a, a general <clears throat> outline on them. Oh, we got three, six, 13 or 14 of them. Um, and they're not easy, <coughs> excuse me, because they have to do with character and who we are and what we are, how we conduct ourselves. First thing on the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, verses 3 through 12, he talks about the attitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Brian, next scripture, please. <laughs> but the attitudes in verses 3 through 12 um, are all challenges for all of us and to be able to apply them in a timely fashion. Um, in key situations. It's, it's, it's tough. The key on all of its teaching is humility and being led by the Spirit and letting the Spirit guide you, influence your heart and your mind. He tells us in Matthew 5, verse 21, murder begins in the heart. That's where it starts. And he he goes through there and he tells us how the beginnings of it, you call a man an idiot or you have hatred. That's, that's going down the wrong way. And it's really, really hard for me anyway to avoid calling somebody an idiot when I'm watching television. It's a subtle influence upon us and there's a, there's a really important scripture that tells us because of iniquity at the end time the love of many will wax cold I think we're seeing that in our society today we look at just the, the insanity of the politics 
not only here but around the rest of the world of what's going on. It's always been that way to a certain degree. But did you know that in the last, <clears throat> in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they keep track of how violent each and every year is? And of the 10 most violent years in Tulsa, Oklahoma have occurred since 2003. What happened to 1998, 1980, 1999, 1999? It's an indication of the general trend of society, the intolerance and the evil. He tells us in Matthew 5:27 that adultery also begins in the heart. And in another scripture where I didn't uh, reference for this message, he talks about setting our minds on the things above. Because the mind and the heart, they're like a hand in a glove. They're like a hand in a glove. Your heart motivates you sometimes. Sometimes your mind is able to control your heart and say, no, I shouldn't do that. Other times we don't listen <laughs> and we just plunge right ahead. And then later on we say, oh, dummy, shouldn't have done that. And he goes through divorce, Matthew 5.31. You know, that's a really, really interesting topic. I spent quite a bit of time on that because there's a different level of standard for those that are believers versus those that are not believers. It's not my intention to go into the details on it, but it isn't an easy read or an easy study. You have to really get involved with that and cross-compare what Jesus said with the key word of receive versus accept. Because in, in the Bible, there's two different words that are used. Receive and accept. And they have different meanings. <clears throat> and being willing to suffer wrongfully. Matthew 5.38. Just as Jesus suffered wrongfully. You know, sometimes to work out his purpose, his purpose being mean, maybe being to call an unconverted person a certain situation has to exist. Because many times when people are called to the truth, it's because they experience something. They experience something in their life. And you may be part of that experience, and it may be negative to you, but it might be what they have to go through to get called. You know, we can read about some of this in some of the scriptures, too where later on someone comes to the reality of the truth. And that gets to a, a, an item I'm going to speak at the, at the end here in rejoicing. Um, i got so much material here again, I'm probably going to have to skip over some of it. An, another, but suffering for wrong, that is a difficult thing to do. And to see that God could be working in that. If we look at it, that's unfair to me, and especially in our society today. Where I'm entitled, you disrespected me. Loving your enemies. Some of this has to do with our focus. I have a big problem with that. I'm a very motivated person. I have goals and objectives, and I'm so 
attuned to those goals and objectives. You know, always asking myself, how does this fit into what God wants me to be doing? Loving your enemies. When your enemies are just scuttling what you want to do. <laughs> when your personal goals are this and the enemies are out there doing that. And you say, I'm going to take care of them. You know, maybe you don't want to do that. Because there are bigger, more important goals than your physical life. Matthew 6.1, he goes through gifting. Gifting, we do it at Christmas, right? Wrong. No, it's a year-round thing. Values and priorities. Our values and priorities should be those that are established by God. You know, it's really, really hard in our society <clears throat> to keep our values and our priorities straight. Where do we go over the line and make the seeking of possessions, a higher goal, suppressing that which Jesus has lined up for us. And we don't even know we do it. Again, I second because of myself quite a bit on about the values and the goals and priorities. Because we have our part to do. For example, if you want to purchase a house, you have, your, you have your obligations. You have to save up money. You have to do all of these things to acquire that. He's not going to just magic, wave a magic wand and give it to you. At the same time, you have to keep that priority in check. And anxieties. He goes through a big section on anxieties, and so does Paul, Matthew 6.25, 6.25, talking about anxieties and how the lilies of the field are better dressed then Solomon and how he, he supplies the food and, and your clothing. I was going to use an example of hairstyle, but it doesn't apply to me. But some of these hairstyles people have four, $400, $500 they spend, and they're in court suing somebody for $300. <laughs> you really need the $300 from suing the other person? Going, why don't you cut back in your hairstyle? But anyway, that's just my problem. Judging others, Matthew 7, another one of them. Being persistent, persistent in prayer. He doesn't just lay things out. You have to prove to him what your character values are and what it is that you want to do. He doesn't just, and I, one of the recollections that I have was when I first got out of college and I wanted to stay in Chicago. And the main reason I wanted to stay in college was in, in Chicago was to attend a church there. <clears throat> Coming from a rural area in upstate New York, we never attended to church. I knew all the truth, but I never attended church. And after, and I only had enough money to last for two months. I had to find a job in two months. After four weeks, I still hadn't found a job. And I was beginning to wonder Maybe he doesn't want me to stay in Chicago. He doesn't want me to attend church. That's illogical. How could God not want me to attend church and learn more about him? I woke up one morning and I got the idea. Ask the pastor if he knows about anything. 
So I went and asked the pastor of the Hinsdale, Illinois Church, do you know of any jobs that are open? He said, I don't know of anything specific, but we have quite a few people over at Zenith Electronics Corporation. So I went on over there. Got a job offer the very first day I was there. But I was sweating bullets. I was down to my last $200. Didn't have enough money to pay another rent. I just had a little rooming board, uh, uh, room in a boarding house. <clears throat> All of these are areas of service to him. We talk about serving in the church. And we talk about some of these other uh, areas. But these are all parts of serving Jesus Christ in our daily lives. And in Matthew 7, verse 14, he says, Because narrow is the gate and hard is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. These are part, what we just went through, are part of those areas that are hard in the narrow gate. But he also tells us in Matthew 11.30, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Some of the things that we suffer, um, we don't have to worry about. Other things are more difficult for us, and we need to give them priority to assure that we don't be misled or fall into the ditch and stumble. <clears throat> the The biggest risk to cats, most people would say, are dogs. Not always the case. Our dog and our cat love each other. They're, they're buds. But generally speaking, people think of the biggest risk to cats are dogs. Dogs is an acronym, too. The dangers of physical goods dangers of goods. In Revelation 3, 14 through 19, writing to the church at L.A. Lucia, probably the biggest risk to us. He says in verse 15, I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. <clears throat> I could wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Their focus is on the physical, not on the spiritual. He continues in verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich and white garments, that you may be clothed, that your shame of your nakedness not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many 
As I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Then he goes on in Revelation 2.26. And he who overcomes and keeps my word until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. And that's one of the promises, one of the things that we're looking forward to. And he says back in Revelation 19, I'm going to jump down to verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And in verse 9, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. I want to go back to that word rejoice. There are many different ways to rejoice. And a lot of how we rejoice may depend who we are and what our experiences in life are. We probably generally associate rejoicing with, as an illustration, a football team that wins the Super Bowl. And they're partying there on the sidelines. Or perhaps at a wedding, with laughing and dancing. But over a hundred years ago, there were white tents set up, and there were about oh, I don't know, 12 to 18 men sitting in affordable folding chairs and logs and around, around these tents. Nobody was talking very much. They were waiting. And as they were waiting, they heard a horse coming. <clears throat> and as the rider got closer to the camp, he started yelling and screaming. And everybody started to perk up a bit. And he jumped off his horse and he said, here's the response from General Lee. Because General Ulysses S. Grant had sent a message to General Lee asking for his surrender. The rider gives the message to the adjutant. And the adjutant gives it to General Grant. General Grant reads it. Then he gives it back to the adjutant and asks him to read it. General Lee would surrender. The commander of the artillery jumps up on a log with a, with a glass in his hand and says three cheers. With feeble voices, there was a one hurrah. And all broke down in tears. Tears of joy. After four years of experiencing Men being blown to bits, headless, armless, legless, with piles of limbs and dead bodies stacked up all over the place. When the word went out over the telegraph and reached Washington, they set off fireworks and were dancing in the streets. Two different ways of rejoicing over the same events. A lot of it has to do with what your engagement was with those events, the things that you experienced, how close you were, 
who you are internally and what your experiences are. And so we may rejoice in different ways. But hopefully everybody here will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb and we will all be in the millennium and we'll all experience the blessings that he has in store for us if we fulfill the acronyms associated with cats. <laughs>